Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's Meet the Artist interview. This interview is brought to you by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. Uh, I'd also like to welcome our online listeners who are going to be accessing this program through our website, sfballet.org. Today is Sunday, March 11th, 2012, and we are in the War Memorial Opera House before a matinee performance of Helgi Thomason's Romeo and Juliet. My name is Jennifer Kavakovich. I'm the board relations manager at San Francisco Ballet, and I'm very pleased to introduce our guest today, Marty Pistoni. He's the fight director for this production. Thank you very much. Now, Marty has a very varied background uh, with such uh, accomplishments as being a restaurateur and rodeo rider. But no convictions. <laughs> None. And uh, also an accomplished actor. Uh, he received his MFA from the American Conservatory Theater, where he's on the faculty. Uh, he teaches acting uh, also at Stanford and throughout the Bay Area. Uh, works as a producer, stunt coordinator, and assistant director on commercials, feature films such as Zorro with Anthony Hopkins and Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, and other independent pro projects. Did I leave anything important now? That's, that's it. <laughs> I have a tattoo on my... No. <clears throat> she said, meet the artist. I turned around. I said, who's that? So, Marty, you were a part of this production from the very beginning for its premiere in 1994. How did Helgi find you and bring you into this production? Drag me in. <laughs> um, I was living in New York City, and I was an actor there, and I was also a, you know, a fight choreographer, and I sent in, uh, I had sent out 500 resumes. This is before email. <clears throat> and I sent them all out to major theaters, and uh, actually uh, Deborah Bernard found me. And she said, listen, we're going to be in New York, and Helgi would like to interview you and he, you know, for this job that he wants to do Romeo and Juliet. And that was very exciting. So I went to the library and looked up Helgi Thomason and tried to find as much information as I can. Those of you in the business world know that, you know, find out who the enemy is. And, <laughs> and uh, he was very nice. I found out he's from Iceland, and I had some friends at, this, at the uh, Scandinavian consulate, so they gave me some Icelandic words and hello and ikkigot, <laughs> which means not good, you know, stuff like that. And so when I met him, uh, we had a great conversation, and the conversation was about the differences between him and I, ballet and then theater. And I said, well, I won't choreograph you a ballet dance. I will choreograph you a fencing scene. And he said the dichotomy between would be a wonderful rendition and, and something different. So that's, and then he gave me the job and I've been doing the job since 1994. Uh, now, I've heard you say that you, you didn't want the fight scenes to feel very dancey or choreographed or very on the music, but um, how, tell us then about what it's like to choreograph a fight scene to music. Did it inform your choreography? Oh, yeah. I didn't have that experience. We used music, but nothing on this level. And Mr. Thomason was, of course, gracious and really helped me out. We had a few people here in the orchestra, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, one of the old conductors, Dennis, uh, really helped me out with the music. And I had a, uh, a partner um, na uh, named Rose, and she uh, was a dancer, and she helped me put it together, and we did it to music. Is Rose here? No? Okay. Anyway, uh, her husband, uh, Dexter Fiedler, 
is now my assistant, and we work together on this. But uh, yes, it was it was amazing because the music is so you know rich, Prokofiev, and I was carried away in it, and I got myself lost into it. And then you know you envision the scene, and then you work on it. And uh, actually, the music was a huge help. It made my choreography easy because you can see what was happening, and you can hear what's happening in the music. And then the pictures came to me, and then I, like I said, I worked with Helgi on it, and. And it was really a blast. He, he enjoyed it, too, I think. Okay. Um, well, I've often heard that ballet has its roots in fencing. And how did you find working with ballet dancers to teach them this kind of uh, fighting? Um, well, my first wife was a ballet dancer. So it was very rough getting through that. <clears throat> anyway, no, I found that it was, uh, it, was, it was easy. I mean, we have people here that are world-class athletes, they know their bodies, and you can show any one of these people I'm working with up here, I mean, especially in this company, which is an unbelievable company to work with. You can show any one of these, these dancers up here move, and they'll, they got it. And uh, you can trust them. They're going to be there on their music. They know their music. And, and that was one of the biggest pleasures of my life is working with this company. It's an honor, really, for me to be working with them. So can you take us through the process of introducing dancers who might be new to this kind of work through kind of getting to know their weapons and, and yeah, bring, performance? Yeah, bringing weapons in, <laughs> you know, to people who don't know what weapons. Of course, there were some guys from the Bronx who were dancing, so they understood exactly <clears throat> what I was talking about, you know, sharp things. But uh, uh, Helgi brought me out, and for a uh, couple months, I trained them. And while I was choreographing at the same time, and we trained them in the basic genre of what we call stage combat in theater, and we, and we trained them uh, with certain moves and certain targets to hit, because this, these are real swords. <laughs> They're not sharp, of course, you know, unless you don't like the other person you're dancing with. But um, so they need to know the positions, just like in ballet, where they can go. And, uh, and then there's safe, that's, that's the safety measure that we put in there. How you strike, uh, you know, uh, what target you're striking at, how fast you go, and of course the footwork. So we taught them fencing footwork, um, which, like she said, it comes from um, ballet. You know, ballet comes from fencing. I mean, the French decided that was really pretty, and then they put a dance to it. But a lot of the first positions are fencing first positions, and then the arm movements are the same for balance. You know, port bras <laughs> And um, so putting in those safety measures and the understanding of the music uh, for them uh, really helped. But like I said, I didn't choreograph it on the music. We didn't do the cranko or anything where everything's ta 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 What we did, uh, what I decided to do was do it on two, two beats, one and two, three and four, one and two, three. So then what the dancers can do is they can actually interpret so then what's involved in this fight and what you're seeing, going to see today, is not so much people banging swords together, but acting a fight. Because if you don't act the fight, if you don't endow it with the danger it is and the intention and the passion that it has, it means nothing. And they bring that to life up here, which I'm very proud of, all of them. They bring a certain thing. If you watch different casts, we have four. Each cast has put in uh, their own little thing, their own little signature, 
which is what I encourage. I tell most of them, I, I tell all of them, and anybody else I'm working with in theater, when I come to see the show, I don't want to see my choreography up there. I don't want to recognize it. I want it to be yours, just like uh, lines in a play, just like dance, anybody's dance. Everybody has an interpretation. I think that's really where it's at. And when I freed them up to do that, that's what brought it alive. It became theirs. They'd had authorship in it. And it wasn't just, hey, Marty wants me to do this. Well, and what's so interesting is I think in Romeo and Juliet, the fighting, it's not just incidental to the story, but it really propels so much of the action and so much that unfolds as a, as a result of these fights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, our, Romeo and Juliet, guys, <laughs> it's a West Side story. Everything you can think of, it's the old story and uh, the feuding and everything else. And we, we, we bring the passion here. I got a chance to work with the crowds here and... Uh, We'd go through and give everybody different scenarios and who they were in this, in this village and who they related to. So you'll actually you watch some of the background players. They're actually, they're actually doing something. Uh, they have an objective, just like theater. And even the little kids, if you watch the little boys, they do a sword fight up there. But they, they created that. I taught them, gave them a few moves, and then they create it every night. And it's, it's a blast. They're wooden swords. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents paid me to give them steel, but I just didn't think we thought it was necessary. Well, tell us more about the equipment, because one of the things that is so satisfying about the fights in this production is you hear that clang of metal and, and not the clunk of wood or plastic. But yeah. tell us about those pieces. Well, uh, when, I, when I looked at the, the, the swords are all replica made uh, of the century, of that 13th century sword decoration, the hilts and the, and, the, and the metal and everything. So the hilts are there, but the, the swords are epes. They're really modern blades. Uh, if you saw a rapier today, you know, if anybody's familiar with swords or rapiers, they're very thick. They have very heavy, heavy-handed, and they're used to, to slice people or puncture people. So it's a, it's a slicing, cutting instrument. And, uh, but up here what we did is um, we used a sword and dagger you see a lot of them have these, and they're called parrying daggers. And in the practical aspect of this, we have people who are fighting with swords. And swords were like, in those days, very expensive, and they still are, but expensive, like having a Porsche. So you didn't want to parry with the sword. Everybody sees swords banging. They didn't do that that much. What they did was they parried with their dagger, then hit with their sword, because if they hit their swords, they could break. So you used a parrying dagger, and then it was also another weapon. And so... I wanted to bring that to the stage, and a lot of them use that up here, especially um, Tybalt, who has what we call a main gauche, which is in a French for left hand, and has a different cup. And we, we styled his fencing style after uh, the French style, because if you read Romeo and Juliet, uh, Mercutio calls him the good king of cats of the French style and all this other thing. So we try to impermeate what the, you know Shakespeare's story into this ballet as much as I as much as we could, not just in the fights, but of course in the passion and, and the love and the heartbreak and, and the family feuds and as much as we could. So who uh, made the, the equipment? Um, there was a, a weapons of choice, a company up in Minnesota makes weapons. I've worked with them many times and we make armor and stuff like that. They, they make shields and armors. They make, they, they made these little bucklers. And at that time, a buckler is a shield. It's a small, looks like a hubcap, and uh, they fought with those, and they didn't have daggers. And when you see the first boys come out here, the buckler fight, 
they're basically on a lower level class, and then the guys who come out later on, who's a little bit up on the on the caste system here, have daggers and better swords, and they move through that. We tried to make that give that a hint, but we had the swords made, and Kenny here, the uh, prop person, brilliant man to work with, and uh, a lot of fun, even though he gives me a lot of trouble. Um, and he, he actually uh, coordinates that for me and, it's, it's, uh, and helps the repairs and everything for them. But they're, they're real swords. And do the dancers work with those in rehearsal from the very beginning? Yes. They work with the swords immediately. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, we, after we do the footwork, we give them the swords because that's what they're going to be working with. And we work pretty fast. And they learn the genre. They learn the targeting. They learn uh, the techniques of the swords, which is still, you know, regular sword fighting techniques in, in modern day fencing, and uh, we apply it here. And for those of you who are, are just joining us, our guest today is Marty Pistoni, the fight director for Romeo and Juliet. Um, and now you come back every time we put this projection on again and, and revisit it and work with the new uh, dancers every time. Yeah, and we, sometimes we change things necessary. When we started this ballet in 94, there was more music, so there were more fights. In theater, it could be a little laborious if <laughs> it just goes on and there's so many fights. But we, we cut it down to, our, to what you see now, which is actually the right touch. And um, so, you know, that's fun mm -hmm. just to get that together and get that out here and get those guys working on a, on a piece of music. It's developed over a long period of time. And tell us a little bit more about the different styles that you use. You mentioned Tybalt's is a little more French. How, what does that reveal about the character? Well, it means he he's, uh, has money and he's went to the French school of fence. <laughs> <laughs> he's left Italy <laughs> and went to France. And uh, he's educated and he's of, of uh, higher stature when it comes financially. And you see the other boys here, they're mostly... Italian, you know, very Italian style, real down and dirty. Italians were really uh, some of the best fighters because they played with no rules. There was just no rules. It's like if I looked at you and said, hey, how are you? You go, boom, and you're dead. <laughs> then they'd laugh at you because you, 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 uh, you know, fell for my ploy. <laughs> I killed you. But they, they would do all sorts of things. They'd get in close and they'd punch you in the face or even kick you while they're fighting. It was, it was an all-out brawl with them. So that's the style you see. That's Mercutio. I, we styled Mercutio after someone who might have been in the Italian army, okay, at that time. So his fighting is a little more base. Uh, Tybalt fights a little bit more. Uh, well, I guess, like I said, French and a little more uh, properly, is, if you want to put it for want of a better word, I guess, <laughs> something flamboyant. But the rest of them, uh, basically, on the Italian side. Then the old men, of course, when the uh, Montague and Capulet come out there, they do a broadsword fight, which signifies their period style. When they were, they, when they were boys, they fought with broadswords, if anybody remembers those big, long, heavy swords. And they were knights at that time. So we bring in that flavor, too, because they, to symbolize the, the past and how they fought. Now, besides being the fight director here, you also perform in the production as the Prince of Verona. Yes. <laughs> I don't get that, that same status at home. <laughs> Not the Prince of Verona there. I uh, just want to make one more thing mentioned. Uh, there is a, we, 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 had a, we have a great uh, girl fight in here because we wanted, the, we wanted the, to you know, let the crowd get in there and do a little messing up. So there's this great little girl fight then. And 
the, the dancers do such a wonderful job with it. It's a little bit of a comic relief, but it's, you know, it's serious. And, uh, and I definitely come out as uh, the Prince of Verona, who, who uh, yells and screams at everybody and stops the fight and banishes Romeo and all that other stuff. It's fun for me as an old actor to get up here and not use the words and do the old vaudeville thing, you know. They, gave, they, they did the worst thing. They gave me a cape. <laughs> it's, nah, give me a cape. <laughs> give any actor a cape, you're in trouble. We use that thing. It's a blast. Also, obviously, you're not a, a stranger to the stage, but what, what, what is it like? How does it compare to being in a play to do a ballet? Well, uh, there's no lines. so. <laughs> but you do have to express yourself in movement, and it's pantomime. And pantomime is the oldest, the oldest style of acting. I mean, no words. And, uh, you know, I started out a long time pantomiming when I was just a kid, and uh, my mother, you know, drove her nuts. <laughs> You know, because I saw Shields and Arnell and oh, thought I was a mime. It's terrible. My family still doesn't talk to me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I started out doing that. And But up here with the music, it's so much easier because the expression is in the music. And you feel it. And it comes through your body. And then you... And just it just comes out. It's 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 wonderful experience. I, I, I love it, I think. Well, everybody saw the artist, right? Hello. <laughs> That's what it is up here. Every, every time you come to the ballet, you're watching a silent movie, as far as I'm concerned. And are you thinking of the, the text? Or do you have the lines from the Shakespeare play in the back of your mind? Or? Yeah. When we, when we, we talk to them, we, everybody you know, reads them. Some of them, a lot of them, read the play. And so that puts, con it puts you know, context and, and, uh, and uh, placement in their minds of where they are and what's the fight about and, you know, just reading it. And there's a, you know, we have the friar in here, you know, the alchemist out there trying to give the, you know, the, the sleeping poison and everything else. It's, it's, it's fun. It's just like the, it's just like uh, Shakespeare. We just take it right off the page and then we try to, to emote it without the, without the dialogue. But like I said, we have Prokofiev, which is, excuse me. <laughs> Well, we have a few minutes for some questions for the audience. Again, our guest is Marty Pistoni, fight director of Romeo and Juliet. I see a hand here. The question is, does it matter if the dancer fighter is left-handed or not? Um, there's two thoughts on that process. We did, when we started the ballet, we had a left-handed fighter. And I choreographed everything left-handed for him because he felt more comfortable. But in reality, even if you were fighting in those days, you learned with the right hand even if you were left-handed because what side's your heart on? So you would protect your heart. You would turn your body. And your heart would be farther away. So it was a necessity. But in this case, they're actually fighting with both hands. They're parrying with their left and striking with their right. But, yeah, we've done that, and I've done that in many other productions where we've had left-handers, and I've just choreograph that piece for that left-hander. So I take that into consideration. Yes, sir. Are, are you a fencer, or have you been a fencer? Yeah, I did some fencing, you know, and, and I put the posts in with my dad and went around the house. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Yes, uh, I, I did. I studied fencing in college in the University of Wisconsin, and I took fencing there, and... Uh, I was also, you know, a pugilist, a boxer. You know, I studied that too. 
And uh, when I finally got to acting school at the American Conservatory Theater, I worked with a wonderful gentleman called J. Stephen White. And J. Stephen White was my instructor, and he said, hey, you have an aptitude for this. I said, what, killing? No. And he, and he actually introduced me into this, and I learned even more. And I went back to fencing school to learn more, but for this purpose, not to be a competitive fencer, because very difficult, very difficult sport. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that sport and how fast it is. But it's totally different from what I do, because here you need to see it. I need to slow it down. I need to make a story out of it. And shapes have to happen. If you go to a competitive fencing uh, bout, it's, it's over. And they are using technique in there, but it's so fast and so, so intricate and still. It's, it's different. But, yeah, I, to answer your question, yes. I saw your hand in the back. Yeah. Will you please knock on some wood while you're saying that? She just said, I imagine there's some accidents. Don't imagine that. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Yes. Well, that's why we choreograph the safety measures in it. That's why the, the, I give them a two count instead of a one count in some cases. We, yes, there, are, there can be scratches, but the reason they hire me is so then the percentage of accidents is very, very low. We have, you know, there's, there's things. There's a, you know, somebody got a scratch. Somebody gets a bump. But I'll tell you something. I've seen these dancers, and they, they hurt themselves more dancing than they do with my swords. I mean, we got people out with, you know, sore necks and, and hurt feet and, and, and pulled hamstrings. And, you know, they come on here. And remember, my, my ballet, actually, my, my sword fighting doesn't stress the body as much as ballet does. What did I fence? Uh, Epe. Ma'am. Yes, this year I'll be working, uh, I'll be acting at the Stanford Theater. I'll be in uh, Curse of the Starving class. I'll play Weston. I don't know if anybody's Sam Shepard. I get to play the drunk father. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, <laughs> But yes, I'll be, I'll be working down there. I do work down there a lot. I teach down there, too. Mm -hmm. uh, who owns the, the swords? The company or you? No, the company. They, they purchased the swords under you know, my uh, you know, advice. But they, they do all their own props here. It's a fantastic. You know, people don't give credit to the stage crew here. These guys are terrific, what you see. I mean, this is a complete... Uh, show here. Nobody back there is lazy back there. The dancers come out, but without that stage crew, without those props, without the lights, without the sound, and this uh, unbelievable orchestra, I mean, this is a heck of a coordinated effort, and this is what makes this so great. Just two more questions. No. The question was, do the dancers wear protective headgear clothing during rehearsal? No, they don't. Because we, we take, every fight is done very, very slow. When we start out, it's almost like Tai Chi. We do it very slow because like in Tai, and I, we, I actually call it, it's Tai Chi fighting. Because I want them to know, so the body gets used to the movement. Because everybody knows if you do Tai Chi, if, if you can do it slow, you can do it fast. If you can do it slow perfectly, 
you can do it faster and you can just pick up the pace. But everything is done very coordinated and we start out very, very, very slow in slow motion and then we just pick up the speed. But we n never let anybody just go out there and just, you know, bang around. The question is, where did you get your inspiration for playing the Prince of Verona? Hey, hey, hey. And it's his birthday. Happy birthday. Ushers, please. <laughs> I can have you taken out, honey. Uh, my, what, uh, they asked where I got my uh, inspiration for Prince of Verona. I, I picked it up from my, uh, in a neighborhood. I grew up in Chicago. I picked it up from my neighbor, uh, Mr. Damiano. And we used to play on his grass, and he'd come out and yell and scream and wave his arms about. And that's exactly who I'm envisioning when I'm doing that. <laughs> it's a bunch of boys playing on the lawn and him yelling in Italian, Mannaggia la And he would yell at me like that. And, you know, I'm going to tell your mother, Martino. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Marty Pistoni, for being our guest today. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. And thank you to our audience for joining us for this Meet the Artist interview. I'd like to remind you that this interview can, and others like it can be found on sfballet.org, where you can hear other interviews, watch videos, or see photos, or reach any of our wonderful resources. Thank you again, and enjoy the performance of Helgi Thomason's Romeo and Juliet.